Welcome to the Devi IDP Grind podcast episode 15. I am your host, Hollywood Titan. Um, I will be running solo tonight as my co-host, um, Eric Harif, is out. He's feeling low under the weather, so he's not going to be here. And then our behind-the-scenes guy at Seahawks, Dan 8, is also out. He's uh, taking a little hiatus if you've followed us on IDP Nation. So he'll be back pretty soon. So it's just me tonight on the Debbie IDP Grind. Uh, just a few quick news and notes. We're going to run through them. Uh, got a lot of games we want to look at here, but uh, some interesting notes is Baylor's linebacker Terrell Bernard, Bernard is out for the season with a shoulder injury. That's a huge loss for them. Um, <clears throat> not sure exactly what he did yet. I'll have to look at that and see what the injury was, but he is has been declared out for the season. Once again, that's a big loss for them. Speaking of big losses, Texas A&M defensive end Michael Clemens is out three to five weeks after an ankle surgery. Uh, that's going to be this late in the season. That's going to be pushing him towards the end of the season and getting back. So we'll see if he can make it back in time for bowl season or what have you, or if they're lucky enough to make a championship run maybe into the playoffs. Um a little bit of positive news. Michigan State lands four-star defensive lineman Rayshon Benny for the 2021 class. He's ranked the 14th best player at the position, 201st nationally by 247 sports. So that's a pretty impressive uh, signing for them or commitment for them, um, <clears throat> especially in that Big Ten. you, you, you got to have those big defensive linemen and – that can stop the run because everybody likes to run up there. So that's, that's a really good get for them. <clears throat> well, we're just going to keep on rolling here and go right into the main event. Uh, the games we watched this past weekend, players to take note of. Um, <clears throat> I'll go first. Um, first game was North Carolina at Duke. Uh, North Carolina just rolled them 56 to 24. That was a noon start game at Duke. Um, really interesting. Some players I wanted to watch. I, I've seen a lot of Duke, but I wanted to watch some North Carolina guys. Inside linebacker Chas Rat performed really well. Was all over the field. Twelve tackles, five solo, recovered a fumble, so made some impact plays. Really, he was one I've been wanting to watch. So it was good to see him and how he does in year two of being a linebacker because everyone knows he swapped over from being a former quarterback to the linebacker. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to have a drink there, getting a little parched. Um, his teammate, Jeremiah Gimmel, also had a good game. Nine tackles, six solos, a tackle for a loss, a sack, one forced fumble, made a big impact for Carolina. One of the better or one of the bigger reasons that North Carolina just trounced Duke early. The score really wasn't that close. Uh, they give up some late scores late. Um, outside linebacker Chris Collins for Carolina, two tackles, two solos. Both were TFLs. Both were sacks. So he was getting that pressure from the outside while uh, Surratt and Gimmel was coming from the inside. Looking at Duke, their two best guys was really uh, – 
defensive end Victor Dumancuje, who you've uh, heard me talk about six tackles, four solos, uh, one or a half tackle for a loss. Um, he really turned it on, did well uh, for the, the Blue Devils. And then uh, safety Marquise Waters also had a uh, really good game. Ten tackles, seven solos, tackle for a loss, um, and a pass broke. A PBU, excuse me. Um, so he did really well as well. Um, sorry, trying to look at my notes here again. Um those two really stood out. I know one of the reasons I, I like to turn into Duke so much is because I've been watching the opposite defensive end from Dima Kuje, who happens to be Chris Rumpf. Uh, he had a pretty good game, uh, not as not as good as he did the week before. Um, he just seemed kind of out of sorts this week, but still managed to put up pretty good numbers. Uh, had a couple of uncharacteristic penalties, uh, missed that on a few plays. But other than that, he played really well, was double teamed a lot as, as usual. So um, I expect him to rebound stat-wise next week. Uh, up next, I went with another noon game that I had to go back and re-watch. Um, Arizona State at number 20 USC. Man. What a game that was. 27-28 in favor of the Trojans. They pulled it out. A um, lot of good players stood out here. Um, the safety, Evan Fields for Arizona State, was just all over the field, making plays everywhere. An astounding 17 tackles, 10 solos, two forced fumbles, and a PBU, and he played better than Nick even than those stats show. I mean, he was literally all over the field making stops for them. One of the big reasons uh, the Sun Devils uh, led early in this game for most of the game, actually, he, he was just a difference maker on the field. Um, another one, if you've been following me on our Twitter handle, on the WIDP Grind Twitter handle, you saw me post a couple of these plays from him. Um, linebacker Merlin Robertson. He is a name that you're going to want to know and keep in the memory bank because he he's something else. Uh, ten tackles, five solos, a TFL, an interception, which was one of the Twitter uh, one of the tweets I made. It was uh, an excellent play for that interception. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go to my Twitter page and check that out. You'll see it there. But it was excellent. He also had a fumble recovery. He was the playmaker as well with fields. Those two just dominated for the Sun Devils. <clears throat> uh, one of the bigger names for them is linebacker Kyle Sole. He had a good game as well. Nine tackles, five solos, you know, making all the plays that he should make. But, uh, you know, as far as star players, it was Fields and Robertson for the Sun Devils. Um, and also their defensive lineman, Jermaine Lole. Six tackles, three solos, two and a half for losses, one and a half sacks, two pass breakups. He was so active up front, gave the Trojans fits up front. They really had to know what he, where he was at and what he was doing at all times because he was 
definitely an impact player for them. For the Trojans, it was safety, and whew, hope I don't mess these names up, but safety, Talanoa Afanga, 10 tackles, nine solos, a half a TFL, one forced fumble. He was leading the way for the Trojans. He was everywhere. <clears throat> one of the big reasons they got back in it late and was able to win. Um, defensive tackle Marlon Tui Pualate, uh, or Pualata, eight tackles, six solos, two TFLs a sack. He was so disruptive up front um, for the Trojans. He, he really give uh, Arizona State fits. They had to uh, – numerous times they had to adjust what they were doing for him. And then one of the bigger names that the Trojans have is Drake Jackson, uh, mostly listed as a defensive end, but has in this game, you got to see him play some outside linebacker and he did pretty well. Uh, there were some spots where he was asked to cover running backs coming out of the backfield. He transitioned really well and in coverage there. So, I was that's going to be really good for his draft stock. Not eye-popping numbers, three tackles, a solo, a TFL, but one of the main things that stood out for me was they could put him up on the line and let him rush the passer, or he could drop in coverage. So I think that's something that's really going to help his draft stock when he comes out. You know, being a, not kind of being, I don't want to say pigeonholed, but – the more you can do, the more it helps your value. And if you can play multiple multiple positions like that, it really, really helps. Um, up next, this is a game that actually me and Eric both watched. So I'm going to, for me, I'm going to give both of our accounts here. Number five, Georgia, at a neutral slot versus number eight, Florida, the world's largest cocktail party. With the pandemic, I know it wasn't fan-wise atmosphere what it normally is. But, man, what a game. I mean, Georgia, they lost 28-44, which I'm not surprised that they necessarily lost, but I'm surprised that they lost so badly. Uh, just wasn't ready for that. I actually had them picked to win. <laughs> uh, I guess I was wrong there. But in that afternoon slate, it was a really, it was a pretty good game for a while. Uh, defensive back Sean Davis, three tackles, three solos, an interception that he returned 37 yards. Um, outside linebacker Brenton Cox, who was a former Bulldog, switched over and went to Florida with as a transfer. Three tackles, three solos. He got a TFL. Um, for Georgia, you know, strong safety Richard LeConte was out because of his uh, absence due to the motorcycle accident that he had the week before. Not sure how long he's going to miss. It's probably going to be a little while, but, man, they met, his absence was a huge factor in this game, not having him there. So with him being out, players had to ch uh, step up. And one of those guys was strong safety Lewis Singh, who was actually – Playing really well. I was kind of impressed with him. Six tackles, four solos, a PBU, and a monster hit on Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, which uh, coincidentally uh, seen was throughout of the game for targeting. And unluckily for Pitts, he had to leave the game as well. Uh, just a vicious hit 
as far as physicality and power. But, uh, yeah, he was uh, throughout for targeting. And then they also, and here's a guy that is quickly climbing my draft boards, uh, IDP rankings, cornerback Eric Stokes, five tackles, four solos. He had an interception, returned it 37 yards, four touchdowns, two pass breakups. Um, in that secondary for them, he really kept Georgia in it despite the game kind of getting away from them in the second half. It could have been a lot worse if not for him in that second half. So, And then uh, N'Kobe Dean, their linebacker, 15 tackles, 10 solos. He was everywhere as well, um, just making play after play after play. Um like I said, Eric watched this game too. He agreed with me on Eric Stokes. Uh, he agreed with me on uh, Nakobe Dean. Uh, he also liked Aziz Ojolare, the edge rusher for them. Five tackles, four solo. Had a quarterback hurry. Not quite the performance he had the previous weeks. Uh, they kind of focused on him, kind of took him out of the game a little bit, but still an effective uh, outing for him. And then linebacker Monte Rice, eight tackles. Five silos, a TFL, two quarterback hurries. So he kind of picked up where Ojolari kind of left off. So um, some interesting picks there. And he also picked Amari, Amari Bernie, the linebacker for Florida, two tackles and an interception. Um, kind of a weird game. Uh, you know, like I said, Georgia jumped out on the first play of the game with uh, – <laughs> With the uh, long touchdown run, seven nothing, you know, just kind of punched Florida right in the mouth, and uh, man, they responded. I mean, they they got their stuff together. It took them a little bit, but they got it together, played as a group, and uh, really, really performed and, and pulled out a win there against the Bulldogs. And then my last game, ugh, we'll make this quick. <laughs> my Vols have went to Arkansas. Ugh. They lost 13 to 24 after being up 13 to nothing. It was the night game. Uh, Henry Toa Toa, seven tackles, five solos, two TFLs. He played really well. Kayvon Bennett, uh, the defensive end, outside linebacker, edge rusher, didn't do a whole lot, but he got some late plays in, impact plays as well. Two tackles, two solos, two TFLs, two sacks. So um, late in the game, it seemed to be. A little bit looser, and he was able to make some plays. Um, this whole game was a mess, but I'll get into that maybe later. Safety Theo Jackson, uh, 10 tackles, 8 solos, a TFL. DeAndre Johnson, 4 tackles, 2 solos, a TFL on a sack. Um, for Arkansas, Bumper Pool, their linebacker. What a name, Bumper Pool. Got to be one of the best ones in the in college football. He was everywhere. 14 tackles, 6 solos, 1.5 TFLs. Um Defensive back Jalen Catalan, 12 tackles, 6 solos, an interception, a forced fumble. And then Grant Morgan, 12 tackles and 5 solos. Um, not that they didn't play well, but Tennessee owned this game in the first half. This this is a game where it is split down the middle of tail of two halves. Uh, the Vols wanted to run the ball, and they did with Eric Gray. They just, just pounded him in the first half, and – it looked like they were on cruise control, and for whatever reason, they decided to change their mindset, play calling. Uh, I know Garantano went out with a 
concussion after his leaping play there towards the end of the first half. Uh, they brought in Brian Maurer, which is was just horrible. They got away from the run. Uh, they didn't. They waited till the last five minutes or so to bring in uh, the five-star rookie, our freshman Harrison uh, Harrison Bryant, um, Harrison, the quarterback, and he did really well. I mean, he had some what limited time he had, but I think they may have been able to win the game if they'd have brought him in to start the second half. But anyway, too much time on that. That's um, <laughs> just really upset with the way they played. Um, and that was it for me. So Eric, as I mentioned, he watched the Florida-Georgia game with me. Uh, he also watched Stanford versus number 12, Oregon. This is a game I have recorded. So I'm excited to see, go back and watch and see what he's seeing here. Uh, linebacker Noah Sewell. Four tackles. They were all solos. He had a TFL. Um, this guy, you've heard me and Eric both rave about him. Uh, their edge guy, Kayvon Thibodeau, the defensive end. Four tackles, a solo, a pass deflection. And then the young gun, the one that we've, uh, the highly touted linebacker that's a true freshman, Justin Flo. Only had one tackle, played mostly special teams, Eric said. Um, and that's to be expected when you're young like that. Um you really got to flash and be a special player to start as a true freshman or your team really has to lack in talent. And Oregon, you know, they lost Troy Dye, but they're not lacking in talent. They got playmakers all over that defense. So I'm not surprised to see Flo as a special teams guy, you know, learning his craft that way. But I, he is talented, and I don't think it'll be very long before we see him uh, playing a significant amount of reps on defense. Um, his next game for Eric was Pittsburgh at Florida State. I've seen a lot of Pittsburgh this year. Um, Patrick Jones, the edge, five tackles, two solos, a sack, one and a half TFLs, one pass deflection, one QB hurry, they have, and along with this guy, Rashad Weaver, the other edge, four tackles, four solos, one sack, two TFLs, one quarterback hurry. Those two have given Pittsburgh quite the defensive line, and I can only imagine how good it would be had Jalen Twyman, their star pass rusher, if he had not opted out this season to get ready for the NFL. I mean, they would have been lethal up front maybe if not one of the best defensive lines in the country. So uh, just because he opted out, those two have picked up the uh, slack and have done excellent. Um, also, Asante Samuels Jr., one of my favorites in college right now. Three tackles, three solos, a TFL, a pass deflection. Uh, and as of today, you know, we had breaking news that uh, Terry has a – is going to miss the rest of the season. Marvin Wilson's going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, there was one more. I can't remember right off the top of my head. So who knows <laughs> what's actually going on down there in Florida at Florida State. Um, but to lose those big playmakers like that, it's it's going to be rough on the rest of them. But Sante Samuel, he's, he's going to be a star. I think he's going to be better than his old man was. Um, 
And then uh, Eric also liked Amari a gainer, the linebacker for them, seven taco, tacos, seven tackles, four solos. So that was some of the games that we were able to watch this week. Like I said, I've got a few more that I have taped because it just, with work and everything, I have to uh, find time to watch them, you know. So I record a lot of them and I go back during the week, but with all these other leagues playing, the Mac on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursday night football. It's like I'm watching it every week. So, But I'll get them in there. We'll make the notes, and uh, we'll get you up to speed on some of the players. Um, it's just hard to watch every single game and every single player. And if you're like me, I like to sit there and rewind it and look at one play over and over and over because I'm watching multiple positions and multiple players you know so it takes a little time i like to be a thorough you know i'm not an expert or or uh <laughs> anything like that but i like to be thorough with my assessments so um and i'm just a fan of the game so as is eric so um to keep the ball rolling here i know i'm kind of flying through this uh, used to having somebody talking with me but that's all right um the top 25 i've got the ap <clears throat> Top 25 rankings, uh, some of the same old same O's. Uh, Alabama, 59 first place votes. Of course, their first. Interesting, but not surprising. Notre Dame jumps to number two with their victory over Clemson, which is a game I have taped. Uh, I got to see the last, like, the half of the fourth quarter and the overtimes, but definitely going to go back and watch that game. <clears throat> Notre Dame pulled it out. They got the big upset win. I think it's an upset. Some people don't, but, um, you know, a win's a win, and you're beating the number one team in the country, and it will it puts you right in the top uh, – two uh, among the top teams in the country, and they come in at number two, Ohio State's three. Clemson, even though they lost, they still come in at number four. So, you know, they're not hurting. Uh, plenty of time for them to rebound. And we'll see how the committees and stuff like that look at that come playoff time and whatever when they're selecting the college football playoffs. <clears throat> um, Texas A&M five. Florida makes a pretty sizable jump. Uh, what was they? What did I say? Number eight. So they move up two spots with their big win over Georgia to number six. Cincinnati. Undefeated. Keeps on hammering people. You need to watch them. I know they're a, uh, you know, they're not a power five team, uh, school, but they have a very good defense. They're blowing people out, and that's what they need to do. You know, you can't fault them for who they have to play. You know, they don't make the schedule especially during this season. They, they can't schedule outside of their conference, but they're taking care of business. They're beating these teams badly, playing good offense, and the defense is carrying away. Same team with uh, same thing with this next team, BYU. They've come out of nowhere. All the craze right now is Zach Wilson, their quarterback, rightfully so. But don't sleep on their defense either. You know, while they're putting up uh, – I'd have to go back and look – 40 points a game – the defense is no slouch. You know, they're holding teams well under 20. So um, I want to say it's 13. Don't hold me to that. But I mean, you have the Cincinnati's and BYU's for them to have, for them to be in the discussion for the college football playoffs, 
this is what they have to do. They have to blow these inferior teams out of the water. They have to run up the scoreboard. You know, they have to play great defense, and they have to put points on the board. And right now, both of them are doing it. So, um, uh, not surprised to see both of them in the top ten. Love that. Um, Miami comes in at nine, and here's a shocker. At number ten, Indiana. Yes, the Hoosiers of Indiana are number ten after their big win over Michigan. They just keep on winning. Uh, they're don't know how long it's been since they've been in the in the rank this high in the rankings, but they are playing well right now, clicking on all, all cylinders. Oregon eleven, Georgia. I was kind of surprised by this. They fell all the way to twelve. Um, I just, I think their defense is still as good as everybody thinks, but they're missing Richard LeConte, and that's going to hurt them. The other thing is, Stetson Bennett is not the quarterback he looked like early in the year. Um, I even said it when my Vols playing. If we can pressure him and keep the heat on him, I don't think he's the quarterback that everybody thinks he is. And it showed up against Florida. Once they got going and, and cranked it up on him, um, he just couldn't do anything, was replaced in the second half. Um, just <laughs> – he had done what he needed to do because of that great defense was good enough. And now that they're missing the count and you know, that, like I said, that hurts. So they're going to have to kind of regroup and look at themselves there at quarterback, Wisconsin, 13, Oklahoma state, 14. Here's another uh, surprise. Coastal Carolina, number 15, they get a tough test against, uh, I believe it's Appalachia state this week. So if they can win that, that'll be a, That'll be a pretty good win for them. But they're another team. You gotta keep winning against these teams. You gotta keep putting the pressure on them and keeping them out of there. Um, you know, this is a year where with the pandemic and everything, it's kind of all the rules are out the window. Um it's kind of out the window, so you know, anything goes. And right now they're doing it, so I like to see it. And then uh, looking at some of the other top 25, USC's at number 20 with their win. Liberty's still in the top 25 at number 22. That's big for them. Louisiana at number 25. Uh, a couple teams that dropped out. Boise State, 21 with their loss. Michigan was number 23. They dropped out with their loss. Um, that's pretty much it. It, I, I kind of run it quick this week. We do have a listener question from at Dynasty Santa. He wants to know who are some of the top tackling, top tacklers coming out. So necessar- not necessarily the big play or sack guys, but linebackers or safeties primed to be tackling machines. Um, I think if they come out, they're, they would be underclassmen. Um, I think you got to look at as far as just pure tacklers, you have to look at um, Boston College. They have a kid named Isaiah McDuffie who is just lighting it up up there um, for them. Um, also, his teammate Max Richardson, you know, McDuffie's sitting at 71 tackles, third in the country. Max Richardson, 79, is leading the country. Um, 
Tony Fields is a guy for West Virginia, 65. Bumper Pool, 64. They're kind of down. Nick Bolton, or not Nick Bolton, uh, Nick Jackson, a guy for Virginia, 64. Um, the one I'm really interested in is Tyler Grubbs, a true freshman for Louisiana Tech, 72 tackles, is uh, second in the country. Um, could be something special to look at there. Uh, Justin Rice, Arkansas State, the transfer from, I believe, Fresno State, is leading the country with 44 solos, so that's a big one. Um, I mentioned Richardson and McDuffie. They're also in the top five among solo tackles. Um, trying to look down the list here real quick. Uh, Earl Thompson, you know, from Mississippi State, he's fifth in uh, assisted tackles. Uh, there's a number of guys. Nick Bolton will be up there, the star from Missouri. Um, those are just some guys I'm looking at. You know, uh, Dylan Moses, I got to think, is going to be one of the better linebackers in the country. Uh, Micah Parsons as well. Uh, these guys are just, there's still a lot to play out, but uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, how it pans out. So thank you for the question. I know uh kind of run through this tonight kind of fast paced. Um, like I said, used to having somebody else here with me. Uh, but if you have any questions, feel free to hit us up. You can hit me up at Hollywood Titan. You can hit us up on the WIBDP grind Twitter, uh, Twitter follow there. You can hit up Eric Harif on his and we'll get the questions in. Um, Sorry for the speed rush through this, um, but any questions, get with us. We appreciate you for listening, and we will have a new show for you next week, so stay tuned.